The Holy Gospel according to John, the 17th chapter. Jesus prayed, I ask not only on behalf of these, but also on behalf of those who will believe in me through their word, that they may all be one. As you, Father, are in me and I am in you, may they also be in us so that the world may believe that you have sent me. The glory that you have given me, I have given them, so that they may be one as we are one, I in them and you in me, that they may become completely one, so that the world may know that you have sent me and have loved them even as you have loved me. Father, I desire also that whom you have given me may be with me where I am, to see my glory, which you have given me, because you loved me before the foundation of the world. Righteous Father, the world does not know you, but I know you, and these know you have sent me. I made your name known to them, and I will make it known, so that the love with which you have loved me may be in them, and I in them. The Gospel of the Lord. Grace, mercy, and peace be with you all from God our Creator and the Lord Jesus Christ. Amen. The Apostle Paul was in his second missionary journey when he received a vision of a man begging him to come to Macedonia to help them. Paul understood that God was calling them to preach the gospel there. When they reached Philippi, a leading city in the area, they stayed several days. They went down to the river and prayed and spoke to a woman who had, to the women who had gathered there including Lydia, who responded to Paul's message about the risen Jesus. She and her household were baptized, and she invited them to stay in her home. Another day on their way to prayer, and now we are at today's reading from Acts, they were met by a female slave who had a spirit by which she predicted the future. She earned money for her owners by fortune-telling. She latched onto Paul and the group, and although she was telling the truth when she cried out, these men are slaves of the Most High God who proclaim to you a way of salvation, she kept on shouting that for several days, and Paul got very annoyed. He cast out the spirit. But when her owners realized she was no longer a moneymaker for them, they got really angry. They seized Paul and Silas, dragged them into the marketplace, falsely accused them. The crowd joined in, the magistrates got involved, and Paul and Silas were severely beaten, then thrown into prison. The jailer was commanded to guard them carefully, so he put them in the innermost cell with their feet in stocks. How will they react to this terrible treatment? How would you? Personally, I think I might be pretty focused on my own misery. 
But Paul and Silas responded this way. At midnight, they were singing hymns to God and praying, not yelling for justice or sobbing or complaining, although those would all be perfectly reasonable responses. No, they are singing hymns to God and praying, and the other prisoners are listening to them. Paul and Silas understand that they are part of something that is so much bigger than they are, something more eternal than their current pain, of greater significance than a night in jail. They are part of a larger purpose. What is bigger and more eternal and greater and filled with purpose? It is nothing less than the resurrection of our Lord Jesus Christ from the dead. Paul and Silas are Easter people. They are filled with the spirit of the risen Jesus. Therefore, the center of Paul's universe isn't Paul. It's the risen Jesus. And the center of Silas's universe isn't Silas. It's the risen Jesus. And so when the earthquake came and the foundations of the prison were shaken and the doors flew open and everyone's chains fell off, instead of escaping, they did the right thing. They stayed put. But the jailer didn't know that. And because his job was to secure that prison, and he believed he had failed in his duty, and he assumed all the prisoners had escaped, why not? He was so distressed that he was about to end his life. But then Paul shouted, Don't harm yourself. We are all here. Well, the jailer was completely moved by this. Why would people behave with such integrity after being treated so badly? He wanted whatever it was they had, and he fell at their feet, and he asked, Sirs, what must I do to be saved? And they answered, Believe in the Lord Jesus, and you will be saved. The jailer took them to his home, and they talked about the risen Jesus. And then responding with great tenderness, the jailer washed their wounds, and he and his household believed and were baptized. They all had a meal together, and they were filled with joy. Paul knew that God's purpose in sending them to Philippi was to share the good news of Jesus Christ and his love. So instead of being demoralized and derailed by hardship and unjust treatment, he trusted that God was up to something, even in that awful situation. And because Paul behaved like someone who belonged to something bigger than himself, the jailer looked at Paul and saw the God that Paul loved. And so with this jailer and with Lydia and their households and maybe even with that slave girl whom Paul healed, the church in Philippi was born. And eventually Paul would write to them, Rejoice in the Lord always. Again, I say, rejoice. Maybe he was remembering that night in prison that God turned into joy. 
It may be easy for us to see that God's purposes are being worked out for us in our successes and in our joys. But Paul and Silas show us something else today that God can use our times of trial too. We are going to go through hard times in this life and we will need to decide how to conduct ourselves as people who are being loved and guided by Jesus through them. That major business decision where the right thing is not the most profitable thing, that hard diagnosis where it's difficult to get to a place of faith and trust. We may face loss of jobs or relationships, academic pressures, losing when we really want to be winning. Life can break our hearts. It can bring us to our knees. How will we conduct ourselves in the hard and broken places with love and with integrity as people of faith. Remember how the other prisoners were listening when Paul and Silas were praying and singing hymns to God in prison? Well, our world, our families, our friends, co-workers, even strangers are listening and watching too to see how faithful people handle the hard things, wondering if it makes any difference at all to believe in God. Through all these things, God may be using any love and integrity that we can manage for some bigger purpose, just as he used Paul and Silas in prison in Philippi. Just think, the Holy Spirit may be working on someone growing or strengthening their faith by having them observe how we deal with the difficulties of our lives. And isn't that daunting and humbling? Our efforts to be faithful are never wasted. They are precious beyond our knowing. Lord, help our lives point others to you. Next weekend is Pentecost. And now the Easter season draws to a close. But we are always Easter people, beloved ones who are alive in Christ, part of God's purpose and plan for all of eternity, even in our times of trial. Let's offer each other the Easter greeting one last time. Alleluia, Christ is risen. Christ is risen indeed. Alleluia. In the name of Jesus, amen.